Hello everyone, this is Songs from a Room, an intimate singer-songwriter showcase where I, Bob Palos, invite very talented artists to the podcast for a one-on-one. We'll learn a little about each artist, what inspires them, what brought them to play the music they play, and the moments that led them to write the songs they wrote. Then finally, to play me a song from a room. Camp simulator on there? Yeah, yeah, oops, that's it. It was on crunch. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, let's start. Let's start this thing. Let's um, do it. Yeah, we're in my apartment with Anthony Craven, a uh, very talented singer-songwriter. Incorporates the acoustic or the uh, classical acoustic. I always, I always appreciate it. I, lo- I love a, a finger picker. <laughs> yeah, um, I started playing nylon string uh, acoustic like two years ago, and absolutely okay. fell in love with it. Um, yeah, so that's mostly what I play these days. But thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, glad to have you. So you've been playing classical style for the last two years, is that? But before that, you played the regular acoustic. Yeah, I mostly played electric guitar. Um, I um, have been playing guitar since I was probably like thirteen or fourteen years old, and I'm twenty nine now. Um, and played like mostly rock and metal stuff on the electric guitar, um, and even had like a, a band back in high school, late college. Although we don't, didn't play that many gigs. Um, and then didn't play that much in college and just in the last few years have gotten back into playing, but more again, the classical guitar. Yeah. Well, it's good. I mean, you, you sound, you sound seasoned. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, just like a rocking out dude trying to garage band in it. Now you've become this mature. <laughs> oh, so mature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've matured into this classical style. Um, that's great. So are, do you have like old songs that are more rock and roll? Yeah, I would say back in high school, uh, the band that I was in, it was like half the members loved the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we were doing like Chili Peppers covers and some songs that sounded exactly like the Chili Peppers. <laughs> and then I was a huge Vampire Weekend fan. Yeah. And so I was writing songs that basically so- sounded exactly like Vampire Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was really into metal too, but didn't play any of that with like a band or anything that was okay just yeah. Kinda, yeah i'm trying to try to picture a vampire chili pepper <laughs> sound <laughs> just like vampire weekend songs that are all talking about california <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah and then vampire weekend who i never necessarily got into but they never uh i never disliked them yeah i really thought it was cool how they like wrote very poppy songs but also with a lot of weird twists mm-hmm. and that's something i've like i try to do in my music is like keep things you know, kind of catchy, but also a little bit weird. So break it apart a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, on the other hand, um, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, I, they have so many great songs, but I feel like they're not as consistent. And have you read Anthony Kiedis's autobiography by any I chance? I have not. Okay, but I, everybody asks me if I have. <laughs> yeah, I, I read it back in high school, and like I felt like I understood a lot of his lyrics less after reading it. <laughs> it was just like so much, like he was, you know, super strung out on heroin and writing a bunch of crazy poetry. Yeah, I liked him better when they were just putting socks on their crotches, <laughs> jumping around, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also I should say, I think the Chili Peppers are awesome, but yeah, some yeah. of their songs I have a hard time taking them seriously. Oh uh, yeah, um, but yeah, high school band. And now, between then to 29, then you went to college. Where'd you grow up? So I grew up in rural New Hampshire. 
okay. small town. Yeah. Yeah. What's life like in New Hampshire? It's very peaceful, I would say, for the most part. Mm. Not a lot of you know exciting stuff going on in the the small town I grew up in. Um, good place to grow up. You know, it's like lots of beautiful nature. Um, you know, safe. Um, lots of space to play outside as a kid, but uh, not the most exciting place to live as <laughs> yeah. a young adult. So. Yeah. So you you uh, skip town for college or? Yeah, so I went to college in North Carolina at uh, Wake Forest University, um, which was really cool. I just like wanted to try living somewhere else, um, and yeah, liked it down there. Um, and then since then, I've kind of jumped around the East Coast for like jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in Charlotte, North Carolina for a bit, Boston, uh, DC, and then now New York. Now New York City. Hitting hit the scene. Um, and did you play music in all those cities? I don't think I played music in any of those cities. <laughs> really? Just, yeah. Just kind of eyes on the floor, doing the job thing? Pretty much. Um, I think I went through like a long phase where I was focused on my job. And then like, I don't know, I just wasn't, I was still making music, but um, doing a lot of recording on my computer with like GarageBand or Logic or whatever. Um, and just like making electronic songs mm-hmm. and stuff that... Um, I couldn't really play live without a band and I like never really put in the effort to, to find try other to. people to play with. So. Yeah. And uh, so you, you say you'd hit it harder once you hit New York city. Yeah, I would say so probably like a lot of people during like the COVID lockdown and everything, mm-hmm. I was just like looking for something to keep myself occupied. So started playing a lot more classical guitar and when I say, you know, just the nylon string, but not classical style, um, like actual music. Yeah. And then just was playing a lot of that and um, got more into songwriting. And I think, yeah, after I started to basically, I felt like I was improving and getting to a point where I actually had some stuff where I was like, okay, maybe I could feel like I'm happy enough with this where maybe I could play it live and it would sound all right. So then you started going out, out into the world. Did somebody push you or did you, was it just like all on your own? Um, nobody really pushed me, but I will say when I lived in DC, there was this songwriting competition thing called Emergent Seed that was like to try to help, um, local musicians or I guess just local artists. Cause it wasn't just music, um, to like basically still have a way to make money, um, without, you know, when all the live venues were shut down. So I was like, okay, I'll try submitting a song for this. And then I got second place in like the category I submitted, which was like, okay, this is pretty validating. I feel a little more confident now. What was um, that what was that category? I think it was just like singer songwriter. I think they had spoken word, like jazz, um, a few other genres. Um yeah, so then I was like, okay, this is makes me feel a little bit more confident. And then after doing that, I get really nervous playing live too. Yeah. Um so I figured, okay, I'll at least try playing live here at like some you know, open mics or whatever and see if I can, that will help alleviate my stage fright. Um, it seems to be working. I've been trying to force myself to do it like, you know, once or twice a week for the past like few months. So that's great. So yeah, so you are really fresh, huh? Um, well, I mean, you sound, yeah, you sound polished. And when I watched you, you didn't look scared. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah, the stage fright is, uh, you know, it's a funny thing to fight because you think you fought it off and then it'll come back. But yeah, it's just all about keeping your eyes open on stage. It's like a roller coaster when you open your eyes. You ever ro- open your eyes during a roller coaster and you're like, you stop and you're like, oh, this isn't so bad, I guess. <laughs> like, no, I'm like white knuckling it. Oh, the yeah. Roller coaster the whole time. Yeah. See, so yeah, for years, I used to always just like cl- clench my eyes and like push back into my seat and try not to feel the inertia. <laughs> and then, like, 
one then one day you open my eyes and you're just, and you experience it and you're like you know it's you face it's it literally is facing your fears you know especially at open mics when it's like you know you're watching people go up for the first time and you can tell who's like blind or not blind to the audience or? yeah yeah sometimes people just like kind of definitely like black out you know what oh, i mean yeah they're like not their their eyes are closed even if they look open or sometimes they're staring at the floor but even sometimes you just you can just see people are perceiving what's happening and i think that's like the important part of grabbing the grabbing the room you know yeah and i also there seem to be some people who like feed off the energy of the audience or even if there's like like a pretty quiet room they just like like being on stage yeah um which i wish i was like that maybe someday <laughs> but i also have to say for stand-up comedy too i have so much respect for you know you as a comedian like other stand-ups because for me like playing music i can kind of like hide behind my instrument a little bit but yeah. i feel like that helps with not being so nervous on stage but i got to imagine it's even scarier when it's just you with a microphone you know yeah, and and an expected expectation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is extreme public speaking. I mean, but writing a song, when you write a song, especially like a love song or something super personal and revealing, and then you've got to present it in front of these people. You know, that's like pretty terrifying in its own way. Yeah, I definitely agree. I usually try to make my music like my lyrics a little more generalized like it's coming from a personal place but also like you know dressed up enough or whatever where it's not too personal so it takes a little bit of that yeah trying to vulnerability expose. or scariness away yeah so like you so you've just started writing classical style uh last couple of years those other songs you can't i guess you can't really do on that on on in this format so do is there anything that like has survived not really. Um, I don't know. I still sometimes will like play um, like just last year I made uh, like a Queens of the Stone Age type like rock song with my buddy where like he plays drums. So and he actually lives in Portland, Oregon. So mm. like I recorded the guitars and the singing and then sent him the like demo tracks or whatever. And he recorded drums, sent them to me. And then I like, you know, re-recorded my parts and mixed everything um, so I'll still, like, I still love doing that stuff, but yeah. it's, I would say it's definitely separate from like the singer songwriter stuff mm -hmm. I do just cause it doesn't really translate that well, or at least what I've, I haven't figured out how to translate it well yet. Yeah. Cause you can't really be like ripping it up on a, <laughs> a classical guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a song you have. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to do, um, this song I wrote earlier this year called the other side of abandonment. It's like a bossa nova type tune. Bossa nova. Right. The other side of abandonment. Where does that title come from? So that comes from a line in a book by uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, the book 100 Years of Solitude. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, so I read that, I think I started in like December, or like, yeah, December or January and finished it a few, like a couple months later. Um, but anyway, it was like, I found his writing style so beautiful um, and that there was some line that had something about somebody like arriving at the other side of abandonment, like in relationship in relation to a relationship they were starting. I was like, Oh, that's seems very poetic. And that was one of the few times where like a line jumped out at me. And then I kind of started writing the lyrics before the music. Um, mm. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of where it came from. That's great. I mean, yeah, it is a beautiful line. He is a beautiful writer and it inspired. Uh, let's, let's hear the song. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. The other side of abandonment. This 
I'd like to see how long people let their <laughs> their chords ring. <laughs> uh, that was some great chord play too, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, definitely bossa nova. I wish I'd brought my flute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, other side of abandonment, and it's such a nice, kitschy way to sing about it. You know, from uh, the brooding words of Carbro Garcia Marquez. It <laughs> makes me want to reread One Hundred Years of Solitude. I, you know, there's so many lines you miss. But so, how long did it take you to write those words then? I think I started, um, yeah, I actually started like right when I read that paragraph. I was like, oh man, I gotta jump to the paper. Yeah. Um, and then I think I wrote mostly everything except the bridge um, that same day. And then I think later that week, um, I was like actually just kind of messing around with like trying to, because so I, I really like Bossa Nova and I um, know in a lot of the, the Bossa Nova songs I've listened to, they like just modulate from major to minor or vice versa with like mm. no lead in. I was like, oh, I want to try to do that. Um, so I was just kind of messing around with the, uh, the chord progression for the bridge there. Um, and then came up with lyrics that I felt kind of fit the mood or whatever, but that was the last bit to go in. And then the little drawn out ending thing I came up with at the very end. Yeah, that was great. I mean, yeah, really well thought out, structured, uh, catchy. It's, it hits all, it hits all the marks. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the other side of abandonment. And so n no personal story, just uh, referenced from the book. Well, I guess everything has personal perspectives, so. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, partly drawn from my own experience, like, you know, relationships not working out in my own life in the past and wondering, like, is, you know, is there something wrong with me? Like, is this, am I doomed to just keep having this happen? Or, yeah. uh, but, you know not one specific relationship or anything like that just kind of i don't know like you said you try to keep it general yeah exactly when when did you write this one i think this was in like march or april of this year something okay. like that yeah so are, how, what's your output like lately i would say i usually write i was thinking about this earlier today actually because i was working on writing a new song and i was like I think it's probably one song idea like every two weeks or so i would say that's good and then of those, I would say about half of them I'm actually like happy with. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've 
over the past few years put together like 30 or so songs of like the singer songwriter style and about half of those i feel like are i'm I'm fairly happy with and you know kind of all fit within a similar style somewhat have you uh cut any of the songs or i've done some like home recordings with Mm. like my I have some microphones at home, but I don't know anything about like recording acoustic instruments. Yeah. Because what I used to do a lot of is recording like kind of like indie rock stuff. Um, yeah. Just plug in, in electronic stuff. Exactly. And then, yeah. then like putting distortion on the vocals and like yeah. all kinds of effects. But when it's like all clean, um, it's so much harder. And especially living in the city, like there's so it, much street noise. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Something will, will drop or. You have a pretty quiet spot here, though. Yeah. No, everyone's pretty. It's fairly quiet. Yeah, and you, I see there's like a nice backyard there too. Yeah, that was uh, moving on up <laughs> New York living. <laughs> Literally just for my cat. We're like, we got, she can't be in, she can't be an indoor cat anymore. What else to talk about? The music, songwriting. Do you have like set times where you try to write or do you just, when you find the time, you pick up a guitar? Definitely when I find the time. Um, I try not to be too structured about it because I don't want it to become like another job, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, and I just love playing so much. So I just do it all the time in my free time. Um, but, uh, the majority of the time in terms of like the order that stuff happens, yeah. I start with the music. Cause that's like what I feel much more comfortable with. And it usually, I would say either comes around from me trying to like learn a new song and just like messing up and being like, Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Maybe I can build off that or just like noodling around on the guitar kind of flesh that out into like different parts of the song and come up with some like vocal melodies and then lastly write lyrics is there anything uh, cut that's out there or you're still just trying to figure it i have some stuff i've recorded at home um that i put on youtube and mm-hmm. i made made an instagram page for like my music uh just last week actually or maybe it was earlier this week but nothing like on spotify or just youtube know. youtube and instagram yeah and i'm because i'm such a perfectionist i like want everything to be like perfect before i officially release it even though like you know there's not many people listening (laughs) you put it out there you know it people listen i guess it's all it's all in uh your own promotion do you are you thinking about putting an album together i would love to yeah um i just need to make the effort to do it yeah (laughs) Yeah. because i have all these songs ready to go the other thing i'm trying to do is just play more so i actually if i do release anything i can like actually play it live and have it sound halfway decent yeah get a band together i mean that sounds like a solid song you said you have like what 30 and 15 of them are good yeah i mean ready to go i think are all right yeah (laughs) i don't know if other people would agree but uh yeah i mean i'd I'd be interested to hear that you know what that album would be would it be all bossa nova stuff or is what's your do you have other ranges and styles yeah i would say uh decent range um i really like this group kings of convenience i don't know if you are familiar with them they're like a, a kind of folk pop duo very influenced by bossa nova too but they're from norway of all places um, oh, really? but they sing in english um but definitely influenced by them a lot well let's hear let's hear another song maybe uh that, anything in that switches genres yeah so um this next one i'm going to play um it's called ocean moon and it's more of a love song and this is like that finger picking more kind of folk style um and lyrically i tried to one of my favorite lyricists is do you know iron and wine yeah i love his stuff um and so i tried to do something kind of similar where it's like try to paint some visual imagery um and kind of leave it a little bit more open to interpretation in some ways so what was it called ocean ways ocean moon oh ocean moon ocean moon
like the moon reflecting on the ocean or? exactly yeah. okay cool yeah let's let's listen to it ocean moon Is this home? I'm here with you. It's a long journey I've been through to be here, lying by your side, looking out onto black and white. From the light on the tide Shining down from the ocean moon tonight As it climbs and washes away The footprints that we've left behind lovely yeah that is sounds like you know like a still night ocean <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. It's inspired it yeah i feel like it was on like floating on a raft <laughs> uh yeah very yeah you, you did really do that job you made those images with your words you created an image in my mind <laughs> i appreciate it <laughs> yeah you're going for that you said like iron and wine was is a big influence on that song yeah lyrically and then um i guess he does a lot of finger picking stuff but mm. i tried to there's again that king's of convenience group they have some stuff that's like finger picking but a little jazzier so okay we're yeah. trying to go for that as well yeah it's a pretty flawless pretty flawless picking thank I you very much yeah i think that was uh it's really difficult to do you know uh people don't realize how hard it is especially like different fingers and different rhythms and then you got to sing you know it's a it's a lot going on yeah, that's one thing uh, that's been really forced me to practice more and just improve as a player is like playing just these singer-songwriter songs because there's less room, like because it's just one or two guitars, there's less um, stuff to kind of mask mistakes. I yeah. Find. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't um, hide behind the feedback. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is playing live. I, another reason I wanted to get into playing live more is like it forces me to try to do it in one take, whereas like recording stuff on my computer, I'd be like, okay, it messed up 10 times in a row, and you know, but 11th take is good. So yeah, that's good enough. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the record, these have all been one take. 
<laughs> it does force you to, uh, you know, take every moment, you know? Yeah, and not not hating on, you know, st- people who just record stuff. You know, I I just care about what you actually listen to in the end. And if, you know, people, yeah. sounds good. But um, I don't know. I wanted to be able to play live and not be like, oh, let me start over. So Ocean Moon, was there any moment that inspired that song where... Was it like uh, on vacation or something? You know. Yeah, yeah. I was I was on vacation uh, in the Outer Banks, North Carolina, and like at the beach at night, and it was just like a beautiful full full moon. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the imagery I was trying to recreate with that song. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. One thing I I guess I can say um, is uh, as far as like the songwriting stuff, I feel like one thing that really made me improve was learning a bunch of like bossa nova songs because that like uh, the whole vocabulary of chords or whatever that they use was so new to me and so that like really opened up my songwriting that's something i just got into in like the last two or three years once i started playing classical guitar oh yeah those are some great chords you're you're working with there too (laughs) i mean so yeah you've been just been studying and pulling apart the classics yeah just trying to learn um a lot of classic bossa nova and even just brazilian pop music like or like popular music um they do some like really crazy stuff with that. And it's like a lot of it has a lot of dissonance in it, which I think is really cool. I feel like before in my, like when I was younger in, I don't know, I would shy away from using like, you know, dominant seventh chords or diminished chords or things like that. Cause I didn't know how to fit them into a song and have them sound good. Yeah. And now I'm like, I feel like I throw in diminished chords in like almost every one of my songs. I really Heck, love yeah. them as like a passing thing. Yeah. Take it to the next level. That's Oh yeah. Cause it's all about, it's like fits in, in between everything. Yeah, totally agree. And it just like uh, broadens kind of the spectrum of emotion or like tones that you're working with, which I think is really cool. Absolutely. Chords are your best friend. Don't be afraid of layering on top of those things. Because it's like, you know, how many bar chords can you hear, you know? It adds texture and uh, makes the song richer. Yeah, and there are, I mean, certainly so many songs that are like simple and amazing, but I feel like it's usually because the person's either like an amazing lyricist or melody writer or like has an incredible voice. And I would not say I am in any of those categories. <laughs> so oh, I try on. to try to make the songs a little, you know, chords a little interesting or whatever. So. Oh, don't you sell yourself too short. <laughs> those are great songs uh, with great vocals. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Where do you see the next step? I don't know. Um, I've thought a lot about that, like what I want to do music wise. Um, and... I mean, even if I just keep doing what I'm doing, I think I'd be happy just because my my concern is if I tried to like really take it seriously and like become like a professional musician is it turning into a job, you know, and then like kind of losing the, losing the love the, for it. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to keep it sweet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, there's, there's nobility in that, you know, there's nothing wrong with keeping a passion, a passion. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you're still playing every day, you know? Pretty much, yeah. Expectations. Sometimes it, it it's it'll it's the driving force to drive things down, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced that in all sorts of art forms. <laughs> that I've like, you know, you you hyper pursue, and then next thing you know, you're it's what's what brought you joy is bringing you anxiety. That's kind of my fear, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Have you when that's happened? Have you like taken a break and come back and it's like, oh, I now I have that same passion for this or love for this after kind of taking my foot off the gas for a little while. Absolutely. I mean, I think I have, uh, I still pursue every form of things I've ever pursued. I just, I like, 
keeping them where they're at in my life in a lot of ways, you know. Um, this has been great. Thanks for coming to my apartment and Thank playing these songs. Thank you so much songs. for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, this, this was Anthony Craven. Uh, we were here in my apartment uh, doing songs from a room. I decided I'm not going to go by Anthony Craven. It's an artist's name. Oh. It's A. Craven because okay. I want to <laughs> have a little separation between my... That's smart. So, yeah. So we've, um, been, we've been here with A. Craven. <laughs> uh, yeah, follow him on Instagram. What is it? Just A? It's A. Craven A because A. Craven was already taken. <laughs> and the person who has it wouldn't give it to me. So. Oh, man. So A. Craven A. Uh, he's on Instagram. You can find out more when he cuts these songs he's got uh, and uh, puts them out. Otherwise, they're on YouTube as well. Uh, this has been Songs from Room. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Ta-da. This was Songs from a Room. Thank you to Ben Shapiro for providing all the theme music. Any inquiries, just email us at songsfromaroompodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned, dialed up, and downloaded for the next episode. Bye.